Good morning and happy Saturday, you guys. It is Amanda and Barron with Kicking Cancer Cares on KSLM Radio, 104.3 FM and 1220 AM. We are so glad you joined us. Our sponsor for this first half is Odd Nose Pizza. They have been with us from the very, very beginning. So make sure to go show them some love and support. Get some pizza. They've got lots of other things on the item as well, like their poppers that I love. I can you, still you, taste you them from last week. always talk about the potato poppers. I cannot not. <laughs> <laughs> so like I always say, you guys, don't even bother with lunch or dinner today. Just go down to Oddmo's. Make it easy because I know how difficult thinking of what's for dinner every single night. So just go to Oddmo's Pizza. Well, tonight, I don't want you to go to Oddmo's Pizza. Oh. I want you to go to the baseball stadium. Yes, yes, yes. Because they actually have food. We have a special guest in the studio okay. with us. Okay. So um, a, a good friend that I met several years ago, Lisa Walker's with us. Welcome, Lisa. Thank you for having me. Glad yes. to be here. So for the listeners that don't know who you are... Um, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's a good question. Well, uh, my husband Jerry and I came to Kaiser actually in 1990. Well, we started in 96 working on a public-private partnership to build a stadium. And uh, it was wonderful, wonderful connections that we made during that time. And so we built Volcano Stadium and uh, lo and behold, we're still there. And 26 years later, oh, wow. we're... Actually, our son, who I was pregnant with him during our first season, and so he's actually stepped in and and really taken over a a lion's share of the business. And it's, I I think, the greatest joy you can ever get from your child when you work so hard to build something is when he says, I love this business. Mm -hmm. That's heartwarming. Yeah. Well, it also helps that Mickey had a chance to play in the big time, right? Well, he he didn't he didn't quite make the the big time, although I guess playing at Volcano Stadium was probably pretty close. But he did do very well in college, and I mean, uh, he he paid for half of his his schooling with his scholarships playing baseball. Oh, that's awesome! And so and still loves it, of course. He gives lessons, and um, he's they he, he and co- his wife did he coach the McNary team this year. He does. He's the uh, he is actually the varsity pitching coach. Coach for McNary High School okay. loves it, loves it, and um, he's he and his wife Celia are uh, about to have their fourth child, another boy. We've got two girls and two boys. We're very excited. They're creating their own baseball team. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we'll get a lot more into Lisa's story, but I just want to make sure to give an introduction to our guest. All right. Um, so I always do this to you. Do you remember our guests from last week? Yes, Robin and Sarah. You did it! Yes. You did it! (laughs) So what do you remember about our conversation with Robin Um, and Sarah? So one thing that stands out to me with Robin is that she helps the children in need that are with, uh, like, a, a sibling or a child to a cancer patient. And I think a lot of them are overlooked. Mm-hmm. Um, all the focus goes on whoever has the cancer in the family. Uh, all, I mean, everything. You, you give them your all. And we've, I mean, you've told stories and then the kids kind of lack that love that's there. And so that's where Robin steps in. And it's just amazing. It, it, what is it? Families to pa- path- pathways. Pathways. Yeah. So it's, the Pathways is the name of the program. Yes. And that's really there to empower the youth. Mm-hmm. And one of the big reasons I wanted to Sarah to come with us is her job with the National Guard. Is the suicide is prevention. Suicide. And one of the potential problems with these kids is um, mom, dad, sister, whatever, has cancer. Mm-hmm. And the focus is on the one that have cancer. 
And we've had at least one case I know of where one of the siblings committed suicide. Yeah. So we're trying to help those other siblings get through this journey as well. Because they're going through it just as much as anybody else. There's more than, I mean, the the victimization of cancer doesn't, isn't limited to the actual person diagnosed. Mm -hmm. It's it's, uh, systemic. Well, if you go back to podcast number 42. Is that when we were live with Robin? No. Oh. But it was right after that because <laughs> it was October the 24th and we told Lisa's story on that podcast. Okay. And I, I just, one of the things I love about Lisa's story is at when you were diagnosed, Mickey was like three. He was just under three years old. And he yeah. says, Mommy, it's going to be okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's exactly what he said. <laughs> the other he thing was. that shocked me about last week's show was. Can, uh, suicide is the number two cause of death yes. between ages 10 and 24 in Oregon, number two. And the number one cause is an accident, like a car wreck. or So the number one cause of death for youth is accidental, mm-hmm. and the number two is intentional. Suicide. Sad. That was really sad. Mm-hmm. And Oregon went from number 17 in the nation before the pandemic to number 11 now. Mm-hmm. So the suicide rate is higher in Oregon. Just keeps going, yeah. yeah. Well, I brought you a really fun recipe today. Okay. <laughs> what you got? We, we got this book, and we started doing this, Lisa, at the start of the year. It's a plant-based diet book. Mm-hmm. And this actually comes from the section called Smoothies and Beverages. Oh, yum. And I think you'll like this. This is a peanut butter and chai seed smoothie. Oh, <laughs> yes. Okay. I'm ready. This is just so yes. good. Yeah. <laughs> so it says, smoothies are wonderful because you can have them for breakfast, lunch, mm-hmm. snack, dessert, Anything, really. Anything. This yeah. makes a great morning meal on those days when you need something ready in just a few minutes. If you're out of plant-based milks, you can substitute water or add an extra half a tablespoon of peanut butter powder and still have a great taste and smoothie. Okay. Five ingredients. So you have three frozen bananas, and you cut them in, you half mm-hmm. them and then freeze them. Mm-hmm. A cup of plant-based milk, almond, almond milk. coconut, whatever yeah. you want. Mm-hmm. Two tablespoons of defatted peanut powder. Okay. And there's a PB Fit that you can pick up. Oh, yeah, I know. I've seen yeah. that mm-hmm. at Costco. PB yeah. Fit. So yeah. that's a peanut butter powder, basically. Right, right, right. Uh, a teaspoon of vanilla and a half a teaspoon of chai seeds. Yum. Yeah. The chai seeds thicken it up real nice. Yeah. Does it? Mm-hmm. Okay. They, they kind of swell up. It's like a up. custard. Yeah. They, they, make the, they become like a custard if you soak them in water. Okay, yeah. I think I'm making this today. Do you remember those old <laughs> chia seed um, that you would put uh, water on and then the hair would grow? Ch-ch-chia. That's it. That's it. That's what chia seeds do when you get away. <laughs> you remember this song too? That's frightening. So. <laughs> they were all over TV. The commercials. Yeah, right. I remember. Every I wanted Christmas. one so bad. Yeah. yeah. So all they do is they put the seeds in a little hole and then you put water and then they blossom. Mm-hmm. Hilarious. So in a blender. You combine the bananas, the milk, the peanut powder, the vanilla, blend it for about one or two minutes, add the chia seeds. Now it's all blended, and what are those seeds going to do? They're going to expand. expand. Pulse for another two to four times until the chia seeds have dispersed evenly without being blended up, and then serve. Okay. That sounds delicious. I think that's your dessert tonight, isn't it? It is most definitely is. And I have bananas already in the freezer. Well, there you go. Good girl. Okay. So we always Bob, take it. I've got. I'm here. I go. <laughs> Sending that. Um, we have. We have a lot of people that will email in for this recipe. Yeah, that's really great. So you could also use avocado instead of banana. In that. There you go. 
I'm sticking with the banana. It's pretty tasty sounding, <laughs> little, that's for little, sure. A little different twist. But with the avocado, how would now wouldn't that kind of throw it? Avocado no, and peanut you, butter. If you, don't, if you have an old avocado and you haven't, you don't know, if you don't have any other use for it, and he's looking kind of, you know, skanky. <laughs> throw it into uh, just a half of one. Throw it into a, a smoothie, and you don't even really taste it. It makes it nice and thick. Ooh. Okay, and it's very healthy. So I, know, I like that because I always want to throw those away because they turn brown. That's right. Me too. I feel like yeah. it would kind of almost give it like a little bit of a creamy texture yep, it, also. Well, it absolutely does. Okay. It's like a mousse. Interesting. Like, very nice. Okay, now I know what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you always like it when I bring you something a little bit shocking. Yes, I do. Well, I brought back our book, Crispy Cancer. Okay. And I'm going to a chapter called Making a Killing is the name of the chapter. Mm-hmm. I find it intriguing there's a gentleman named Dr. Andrew Saul. Have you heard of him, Lisa? No, I don't think. I, I don't does think it ring so. a bell? Mm-hmm. Um, Andrew Saul does a lot of stuff. He promotes like vitamin C, very natural, pathic ways to deal with stuff. And so he says, good health makes a lot of sense, but it doesn't make a lot of dollars. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. So the, there's a couple things I wanted to bring out of this, and then we can the three of us can Discuss talk about it. it. Yeah. So he says, for the better part of the last century, being the 1900s, the pharmaceutical industry has enjoyed a monopoly on medicine and the public trust. In the last two decades, so from 2000 to 2020, in the last two decades, the rise of the internet and widespread access to information has led to a collective consciousness, I like that phrase, a collective consciousness of the pitfalls and perils of conventional medicine and to a resurgence in the interest in and use of nutrition and natural non-toxic therapies for the healing and prevention of disease. So the fact that we actually have access through the internet now to other information over the last 20 some odd years, there's this, he's calling it a collective consciousness, but just as a group of people were going, wait a minute, now there's other options out there, Mm -hmm. right? Exactly. So in response to this natural health movement, (laughs) pharmaceutical-based medicine has rebranded itself. And I think of so many businesses. Okay, so I'm just going to use one as an example. For 25 years, it was the Salem-Kaiser Volcanoes because they were affiliates of the San Francisco Giants. When that affiliation left, they created a league. Mm-hmm. So it's the Mavericks League. But now you have to rebrand. You have to, people have to think Mavericks League, not right. So that's a rebranding. Right. And it's hard to get the public to shift their thinking. Mm-hmm. So in an effort to make that rebranding, <clears throat> pharmaceutical-based medicines are calling themselves quote science-based medicine. Oh, of course, make and, it sound real and, official. And quote evidence-based medicine. Oh, Lord. Now using they're the stretching. Words, yeah. So they're using the word science to imply truth. Right. And the word evidence to imply proof. Yeah. Like all manufactured goods, it goes without saying that there is science involved. Of course, drugs are science-based, and so are Pop-Tarts. Amen. <laughs> yes, they are. And Twinkies. And Twinkies. <laughs> science-based. Uh, so then he goes on to say, Pharmaceutical medicine is the most accurate is most accurately described as patent-based, mm-hmm. profit-based medicine, 
because drug companies are only interested in evidence that can lead to patent, highly profitable pharmaceutical drugs. Mm -hmm. Over 100,000 nutritional science studies are published each year and for the most part ignored by the medical and pharmaceutical industry, despite the fact that these studies are continued to contribute to the mountain of evidence that many of the leading causes of premature death from chronic disease such as cancer can be prevented and reversed through simple, inexpensive diet and lifestyle changes. A hundred thousand studies were done Mm-hmm. to disprove what they're talking about. Right. And these studies were actually squelched, not given to the public. Hidden. Hidden. Mm-hmm. Because those studies actually proved that that diseases like cancer could be read in reverse through simple, inexpensive diastyle changes. But there's Lisa, no money what, there. There's no money there. What are your thoughts here, Lisa? Well, because uh, I see you vigorously writing some notes. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, I, I hearken back to a, um, you know, a study that actually was a, it was actually a documentary about the Rockefellers and about what was actually happening, and this was like a separate branch. From what I understood, it was a completely separate branch. It was like a, a separate effort, and what they did is they they started realizing that far, big pharmacy had a future. A financial future, mm-hmm. a major financial future. And so as they slowly and, – and this is all documented. It's all understood, but it's buried because uh, because it harms them if people understand that there was always money driving the, the medical industry. Mm-hmm. Because what do we prize most? Our health. Uh, yeah. And so if there's a price plate on our – placed on our health, we're going to pay it. Right. To keep it. Mm-hmm. And so what what I had learned was that the natural remedies, you know, that our grandparents used because they didn't have money to go to the doctor. Right. You know, they would give up a horse or a, a, a cow or whatever to get medical care. And so they slowly but surely eliminated those natural remedies as being mm-hmm. a, a wise thing. It's kind of like, for instance, Purina came out with dog food. Purina came out with dog food because – it was a convenience for people. Right. But dogs were meant to eat scraps, mm-hmm. table scraps. That's what they ate before, do- you know, right. Irina came out with dog food. Yeah. And so we all, you know, go to, you know, the, high- the greatest lengths to pay the highest amount of money that we need to pay to keep our dog healthy. Yeah. With the healthy dog food. When, in fact, what would keep our dog healthy is if they ate what we ate. Mm-hmm. You know, that isn't, you know... Of course, you know, when we're talking about what we eat, we're talking about it's healthy food. It's, <laughs> right. It's, you know, and even organic has been hijacked. So the, the point being is that the, when we go back to what our grandparents were doing, they were growing herbs. They were making tinctures. They knew, um, they knew what certain things they could do naturally that, you know, like the four thieves you yeah. know, everybody knows about the Four Thieves Remedy and how that came about and how the fact that those thieves were robbing people during the bubonic plague in Europe. And they weren't being caught because they were getting away with it and figured out later that these four thieves were actually using a special tincture to keep them from getting the plague. Yeah. And thus birthed that remedy as something that people now use. And, and, and I, I use it. I make my own. But there you go. So I researched it. You said something a minute ago that I think is going to tie in really well in just a few minutes. You said that uh, 
as the pharmaceutical that they realized there was money to be made with pharmaceuticals, right? And that we would pay a price for our health. That's right. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to read you a quote here in a minute that really ties into what you just said. Okay. Okay. Uh, so the second thought I want to bring to you here. In 2006 alone, so that's 17 years ago, there were... Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Was that really... That 2006. That was when my son was born, and 17 he's 17 ago. next month. <laughs> Time goes so fast, doesn't yes. it? There were 1,534 cancer research papers published in major journals that disclosed that the study was either funded by the pharmaceutical industry, or conducted by an industry employee. Okay? So we have a study to prove something, but the study is being funded by the pharmaceutical industry. Right. Okay? These studies were more likely to have positive findings indicating that researchers were based, research was based towards industry connections. Mm-hmm. Between 2001 and 2010, the number of published journal articles increased by 44%. Wow. But the number of scientific papers that were retracted increased by 1,000%. Oh, my goodness. So there's more papers being done, 44% more papers being done, but 1,000% of them were false. So they they should all be eliminated by now. (laughs) Yeah. So there's a, a gentleman named Dr. Richard Horton... And there's a magazine called The Lancet. He's the editor-in-chief of that. He says, this is a quote from him. The case against science is straightforward. Much of the scientific literature, perhaps half, may simply be untrue. Yeah. Afflicted by studies with small sample sizes, tiny effects, invalid exploratory analysis, flagrant conflicts of interest. This guy's using big-time adjectives here. Mm-hmm. Flagrant conflicts of interest together with an obsession for the pursuing of fashionable trends of dubious importance, mm-hmm. science has taken a turn towards darkness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I love that word conscience, con-science. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. You know, you think... Yeah. The one that's really powerful, this one really hit me. Her name is Dr. Masia Angel. It is simple. It is simply no longer possible to believe much of the clinical research that is published, mm. or to rely on the judgment of trusted physicians, or authoritative medical guidelines. I take no pleasure in this conclusion, which I reached slowly and reluctantly over two decades as the editor of the New England Journal of Medicine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this lady is the editor yeah. of the Journal of Medicine, and after 20 years, she goes. We can't trust anything. Throw it yeah. Well, <clears throat> I think that my own take on that is if we if we go back to a certain point in time and we realize that there was always a plan, a sinister plan, to to hijack the medical industry, and that they were really very very talented in the effort to convince doctors, nurses, lab technicians. All, um, even even um, uh, you know the the corners. I mean, even those people who do the research, who actually see the end result of certain things, they were able to to somehow. It, well, they provided scholarships to medical mm-hmm. schools. Mm-hmm. They 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 reached the the greatest. Uh, they did the greatest effort in creating a culture of 
belief that was flawed, always flawed. And I think that that's where, you know, some people are stepping out and saying, we got to, we got to, we got to stop and go back in time and figure out when this started happening and then go back. What was working before that? Yeah. What are the numbers? What, what if, I mean, it's, it it really is, it's, it's a kind of a fun idea to do the deep dive on that. For sure. Well, in the, in the early 1900s, being a doctor was not an admiral profession. (laughs) Well, you were sort of, well, yeah. Like 1905, 1910, (laughs) And well, then it was the guy, coil salesman. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, the guy with and the wagon. <laughs> when that hijacking occurred you're talking about, mm-hmm. then all of a sudden, oh, it became more prestigious to be a doctor, right? And mm-hmm. here we sit 100-plus years later, and that's a very revered pr- profession. But in the 1800s, yeah, they didn't want to be a doctor. Really? Yeah. Well, and I think that's another thing that's frustrating is that, you know, growing up, you hear, you know, become a doctor or a lawyer. That's who we trust is these doctors who (laughs) prescribe all of these medications. And it's we. And so they're built up from when we're little to to trust them. They're the ones that are educated. They get paid the most. They Mm -hmm. know the most. And so it's hard when, you know, there's research that shows that's not really the case. Yeah. All right. Here's my last one for you. All right. So this little subsection is called, the side effects may include dot, dot, dot. (laughs) Okay? Side effects of prescription drugs can sometimes be worse than the disease the drug is designed to treat. Like death. (laughs) You hear death so much on side effects of things. Yeah. Like shots. Yeah. Yeah. And it can increase your risk of, so that, um, uh, worse than the disease that's designed to treat and can cause an increased risk of cancer. Mm Mm-hmm. And many other debilitating and life life threatening diseases and death. All prescription drugs abnormally alter our metabolic functions in your body, and many cause additional health problems with mm-hmm. extended use. Mm-hmm. For example, and it's funny because just a few days ago I saw a commercial for this exact drug. Really. And then I began doing some research for today's show. Right. So, for example, according to disclaimer in a commercial for an arthritis drug called Celgens. So the, the drug is designed for arthritis. Okay. And the disclaimer says, quote, serious, sometimes fatal infections. Hmm. Okay. Let's, let's just call it death. Right. Because a fatal infection is death. <laughs> and that's my, there's so many side effects of so many drugs that you see on the TVs yeah. where death is literally one of the side effects. Yeah. And it's like. <laughs> so it says. The side effect is, quote, serious, sometimes fatal injuries and cancers have happened to patients taking Gelzans. So they're disclosing that to you during the commercial. The drug companies are telling us that their drugs can cause life-threatening infections and cancer, and we're still taking them anyway. And you can't sue them. Right, because they've let us know, right? They have disclosed and it. And there's a limitation on how much you can sue them for. Yeah. Um, now, they're facing that. They're facing class action on many levels. I don't think people have any idea it, the background of who's being sued and what, like Monsanto and, and many of the other companies, which Bear, by the way, bought Monsanto. And Bear is a drug company. Yeah. So we, the, the problem seems so, so large because... I don't care if I'm wrong if it's the truth. I'll be happy to say, yep, you're right, I'm wrong, and this is the truth, I believe this. Mm-hmm. But when the truth has been so obliterated with, what did we say, science-based 
evidence. Yep, science-based and, and, and evidence-based. And, 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 and it's, you know, and the fact is that the studies that would tell us something possibly different have been, Squelched. they've been quashed. They've been, we've read so much about that. And then, of course, when, when you can patent a virus, you can patent it and you can pay to patent it and you can own it, there's something distinctly wrong with that. Very. So we have a lot. Um, there's so much information out there, and it, and it takes so much time that we have to be careful, very careful, mm -hmm. and listen to. I mean, we have to do our own due diligence. Right. Absolutely. And I think that's one of the things that Brenda said numerous times is that you can. You're the best advocate for your own health, right? So I've got one more I'm going to bring up, but it looks like we're running close on time. We are. So I will just will give a shout out to Oddmo's Pizza. Don't go tonight for dinner, but maybe grab some for lunch. Yeah. You didn't say what was tonight. We're at the baseball stadium. Okay. And we'll get into that in a second. Okay. Tonight's okay, a perfect. baseball game. We'll, we'll cover that in a second. All right. Huge shout out to Oddmo's Pizza. They've got amazing, the Green Monster, which is the cauliflower crust. Amazing, and as you guys know, the poppers, and then they've got the beer. There's oh, two yeah. different kinds now that yeah, uh, helps kicking cancer. There's a blueberry hefeweizen, mm -hmm. and there is a light log with some lime in it. And wow. both of those beers are made by San Ambrose here in town. And both of them have the kicking cancer logo on the side. Of the yes, so support cool. local, you guys. We'll be right back after these messages.